mountain of strangers, and they can talk as they may. But from Dublin City to San Diego, we witnessed freedom denied. So we formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. What'd we do? We formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. We fought them in Matamoros, where their volunteers were raping the nuns. In Monterey and Cerro Gordo, we fought on as Ireland's sons. We were the red-headed fighters for freedom, amidst these brown-skinned women and men. Side by side, we fought against tyranny, and I dare say we'd do it again. From Dublin City to San Diego, we witnessed freedom denied. So we formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. We formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. from Boston, we fell after each mortar blast. Most of us died on that hillside at the service of the Mexican state. So far from our occupied homeland, we were heroes and victims of fate. From Dublin City to San Diego, we witnessed freedom tonight. So we formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. From Dublin City to San Diego, we witnessed freedom denied. So we formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. We formed the St. Patrick Battalion, and we fought on the Mexican side. Room 16, decline food. I didn't decline food, I said I'd have it later. No, that's what it means. Well, that's what it means. Oh, he declined to have food. No, I fucking didn't. I said I would have it later. Decline, non-compliant, horrible language. It is horrible language. And you have a go at us for using horrible swear words and stuff. Your compliance is language of slaves and enslavement. Decline is language of slaves and enslavement. We're not fucking slaves. 
So don't treat us like slaves and we won't treat you. We're, if you treat us with respect, we'll treat you with respect. Language of enslavement, of oppressor and oppressed. We are not, we are, an, we are an oppressed group and we have a right to speak freely. Yeah. Read to Martin Luther King, and I am happy to fucking swear, because as you can see, oppressed groups are swearing on television now, calling yeah, Boris Johnson are. a cunt. Yeah. And we should be called a cunt. The Tories should be called cunts. Because what they've done to this country has fucking ruined everything. <laughs> Another fucking rule made to be broken. Yes, another fucking rule. None of the other patients care. Everyone smokes. Again, just rules made to be yeah, broken rules. are fucking pointless. They're not rules that deem any respect. We are respecting each other. We all respect each other here. You don't respect us, so we don't respect you. We don't respect the rules because the rules are not respectful. Yeah. If you showed us some dignity and respect, we would show you dignity and respect. Reciprocal yeah. practice. Not fucking rocket science, it never has been. The answer was there all along. Look in the mirror and listen, the answer is staring back at you. The narcissist is not the object, it's you. Look in the fucking mirror and listen. It's going to be a nice World Cup, isn't it? A nice November, nice yep. Mexico's going to win. <laughs> Hello? I'm waiting for the ward manager. Well, she's, she's busy. I'm she, sure she's busy. She disappeared. My meeting's at three. We've got serious complaints to be made, and the ward managers run scared. Now, I've already shared my abuse that I suffered here. One of the night staff, who I believe may well be working for ISIS, ejaculated into a cup, and there is a third-party witness who saw this and then gave it to me because I was homeless in here and I was picking up dribs from people and he ejaculated into a cup and made me drink it. And two of the night staff members are aware of this. And it's... And 
they forced medicated me with the needles after I got aroused, sexually aroused and had an erection, they immediately pulled me out of my room and forced injected me with a needle. This is a crime against humanity and these people need to pay for what they've done. They're still trapped in this hypersexualization shit. Self-apologization, self-sexualization is the weakness that gives birth to the sickness of being. Self-apologization is the weakness that gives birth to the sickness of being. Ontology will resist and fight to resist in this cruel fucking world. But we are deontologizing this situation. Thank you. 
like to check out my work going back in time. This is the radio station, famously had graduates such as the magician, whose uh, name I always forget, Freudian Smith, Darren, I can't remember his name, and you go something there. Uh, I will remember it at some point. Anyway, we have good graduates from um, Bristol. Um, unfortunately, the favourite professor denied me going to the University of Texas for a second year. He raised my life. He was a gun situation there. And it really pissed me off. So I went to Montreal and ended up trapped in, uh, trapped in a city that was filled with horrendous excessive drug consumption. It was a horrible place to be, and I had a lot of pressure as a result. Uh, because I didn't get to go to where I wanted. My university professor even refused to come on my shirt. He was an asshole, and he also tried to fuck us over with our grades. Me and me and another student who we went to Missouri University. And we end up having to fight the university, but we almost sued them to get our grades back to our grades, and we should have both got back first anyway. That's marketing, but whatever, it's good intellectual, it's marketing, it's you know, anti-gun, I guess, I don't know, whatever, it's probably the only one that's going to be Gill. was an exceptional university, and thanks to a lot of good education, regardless of the skills, a denial of free choice of the student who was fighting for freedom. Now, this puts me in a good book to detect me. I hope you're all in the attack by those fucking corporate fucks. We need to do something about it. The hipsters are invading fucking Austin. Not even the hipsters, the hipsters aren't even that bad. It's more just the fucking CEO Silicon Valley products. The financiers. They've got to keep them out of Texas. Fight for a fucking free Texas. That's how the dissolution of the United States and then a refederalization. Move back to a federal system. Let the states do what they want. They know better. Florida knows better. They all know better. Give them independence. Same in the UK. This is background noise. He is a non Revolution, a great essay written by a left winger whose name I forget. 
Exactly what um, Deleuze talked about in, in Anti-Oedipus, the deterritorializing subject, the person, the avant-garde, the, the per people at the forefront of transforming society who always end up ridiculed, bottled up, caged, put into boxes of control like the DSM. Fucking bollocks. And now my investigative psychiatrist, Brian Daniels, who works in church Scientology, told me not to do this, but I can't. I'm on a mission, and this is the mission. And I think I've got enough people on site protecting you, and I'm, out, I'm willing to be an outspoken critique of and critic of, of the psychiatric system. I've been an anti-psychiatrist my whole life. Thankfully, psychoanalysis, including radicals like Erdi Leng, were briefly mentioned in the A-level curriculum once upon a time, they all got censored. Oxford University Press that controlled all that shit and fucking shut it down. They've replaced the dick with the media. Once upon a time, these institutions were filled with rape. Now they're filled with media. Disgusting. I was waiting for another caller to come on because he's been outspoken on calling and is having issues with publishing and calling some of this stuff. Hopefully, mine is legitimate enough. The RSC has about my presence on the platform because it's shut down. They know the Church of Scientology knows. The Church of Latter day Saints knows. Blah, 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 blah. Do they want to frame me for something? I don't fucking know what they want to try and do, but it's all the poor government in the UK and the financiers and fucking Wall Street are fucking shit up anyway. Now on this board in here, 
it says, don't forget, it's Sunday fucking fun day, which it was yesterday. And people didn't have a fun day yesterday, but people seem to be having a fun day today. Because it's still, it was still Sunday in one part of the world, so it wasn't over. And it says, word of the night, because the nights here are extremely difficult, because the night staff are assholes. And they engage in, not even sophisticated abuse, they engage in flagrant abuse. They're the ones that deliver the needle. They deliberately put these black oppressed workers into the role of oppressor in the night staff. And so I was putting empowering words on the board to help patients through the night. And the first one, which was the 2nd of September, was retirement because we were all feeling kind of like we needed to relax more. So we retired, we retired ourselves, retirement, and then that's crossed out. And then on the 3rd of September, we have performativity, which was inspired by another patient. Um, it's an acting out, you know, it's Butlerian, um, be what you want to be, basically. And then on the 4th of September, we have liberating with ing, ing underlined to emphasize that it's a gerund and that it's a doing, that liberation is not something to be achieved or an end goal, but rather a doing. And that planning then doing fucks everything up do then plan, not plan then do, then you're in a liberating narrative because the planning just gets dispensed with entirely and you end up with a much more liberated society and it then dispenses with a bureaucratic level which is neo-Trotskyist really because Trotsky famously obviously ran away to Mexico from the fucking paperwork trail that had been built up around Stalin and then obviously ended up axed to death by one of Stalin's agents in Mexico. Although he did survive to the age of whatever, in fact, I used to live just down the road from Trotsky's house in Mexico, so he inspired me a lot, and I just went to that museum a lot of times, including with my father, who once upon a time was a fairly left-wing journalist for the Daily Mirror. And now the 5th of September has a blank space. I haven't filled it in. Is it the 5th today? I think, is it the 5th today? Let me check. I think it's the 5th today. And you end up always losing things in here and thinking they've gone missing because you're constantly paranoid about these people watching each other. It's the fifth today, so it's a blank space. Blank spaces, fill it in. Choose your own word. What do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do with your life? How do you want to approach this night tonight when you're surrounded by abuse and abusers? How do you approach the abusers? Um, that's kind of up to you in a sense, but leave it a blank space. Maybe approach it with a smiley face. Maybe we'll write a word in here later if things are required and then other patients can come in. And this is also has a mechanism, which is moving your physical body around in relation to the word, the concept itself. So if you lie down, you sit in a Buddha position or cross-legged like a campfire, you get up on your knees like a prayer position, you stand up, you walk around, you jump around, you dance around, you move around, and then you talk to others, all whilst reflect, reflecting on the concept itself. This is my model, new model of the basic, linear, basic uh, vertical axes of my new model of education, um, which is actually, how many dimensions does it have? It has one, two, three, 
four, five, six dimensional at least. It's infinitely dimensional. You could run it infinitely, but it's it's, it's six dimensional education. It's proto metaverse, or it would make a good model for a metaverse class. To be honest, and I haven't spoke. I mean, I've I've copyrighted it, but with open source copyright, and it's just attribution only. It's just they have to attribute to my moniker, which is unchanged square change, um, which has now changed, unfortunately, changed to unchanged because I lost access to some account. I can't get access back to the Google. I can't get access back to my old Google account, which I have all my stuff backed up in the Try to get regain access to identification stuff and they refuse to switch. Can we have a meeting? Fuck them in that 
the morals where their volunteers were raping the nuns. In Monterey and Cerro Gordo, we fought on as Ireland's sons. We were the red-headed fighters for freedom, midst these brown-skinned women and men, side by side, we fought against... Give me a second and I'll bring you in. Do you want to come in? I'll invite you to speak or Hohenheim, do you wanna do you wanna try and invite you, but the app's crashing. Invite to speak. I've invited I've invited you to speak. Jump in quick, eh? Hey man. Just about to go to sleep. Hey man, how are you? Yeah, that's fine. I just fell asleep to somebody else's um call in last night. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> good, We've been man. Doing good work, man. Like we needed this platform more than ever. Yes. Agree. Totally. Yeah, it's like it's it's transformative, you know. Are you British? Yes. English. Yeah. Welsh Whalian. How come you're going to sleep at three? Are you just up on American time? No, I live in Thailand. Oh, you live in Thailand. I was in Taiwan. I got deported from Taiwan. 
Yeah, I remember you telling me. Insane, yeah. I was stuck in the airport. It was a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah, your 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 story is incredible, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to sleep. Um, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I don't even want you to take tell care. the story because it makes me seem like Jesus fucking Christ or something. It's just like I just got trapped in so much bullshit, and it's just like for fuck's sake, like just trying to live my yeah. life. I'm just trying to go back to Mexico. I mean, this guy when I went to a Taoist temple in in Taiwan, it was like I was looking for advice because I was super lost, and I I say to him like I'm talking about my life and. He's like, he's like, well, it's all about the journey home. In Chinese, he says this. I'm using Microsoft Translator at the time because it's really good these days. And he says, well, it's all about the journey home. And I, and I, and I say to him, well, it, the journey is always more important than the destination, right? And he says, well, then you have a fantastic journey ahead of you, something like that. And I get, I leave the temple like almost immediately, get on my bike, cycle back to my apartment, pack all my stuff, and pack up my stuff into a bike. And then I cycle out of the city the same day and like I go off grid. Like I'm like, I'm just going to go for it and see where I go. And I end up cycling into backwater Taiwan, which is just this polluted post-apocalyptic nightmare of a place, which is all hidden from view with people sticking to the cycle roads and stuff because they have a sophisticated cycle network. But the country is just polluted as fuck, like from all the residue and trash that they build up through their industrial production. And it's just hidden from the public because they just don't want people to see how much damage this residue is doing. Jeez, man, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hop off and sleep. I'll, I'll try yeah, and catch your show it's tomorrow, just, and I'll, I'll try and end the show. So I can... yeah, mm, you you take care. I'll try and get on your show tomorrow. Cool, man. Sorry, I'll speak to you soon. Take care, bro. You take care, dude. Nice one, man. Take care, man. Thanks. Thanks for joining. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's have a bit of Holly, Peggy Sue. Let's have a bit of this. <laughs> Thank you. 
teaching which is overlooked is to say that a good teacher is like a lifeguard and this goes back to the fact that when I was five I almost drowned to death or I did drown to death and came back to life my dad saved me in a swimming pool because of a negligent mother and that's sort of haunted me my whole life but I love the ocean I love swimming so it's sort of like this deep acceptance of death but the basic model of education revolves around understanding the classroom in architectural terms, which in part was inspired by the fact that my best friend in Mexico, and pretty much my best friend in the whole world, Cesar Gamma, who is a fantastic architect, um, and has won several international awards and is at the forefront of the field. So I kept looking at his work and realizing that I had an architectural mind. And so the basis of the model is to re conceptualize the classroom in three-dimensional terms. The y-axis is levels of analysis, which is to say, and this is for humanities that can be re reconstructed for different subjects or different groups of subjects, depending on how you approach it. It's aligned with international baccalaureate theory of knowledge um, and global politics. And well, really, it can be utilised in it. I mean, it's, it's an ideal middle school humanities curriculum. I mean, it's aligned with IB theory of knowledge, but also with glo uh, IGCSE global perspectives. Um, the y-axis is levels of analysis. And as I mentioned earlier, that's the, the individual student changes their or student or person, because even the term student is problematic. I mean, if you read Paolo Freire, the pedagogy of the oppressed, and you know, you realize that we have to treat each other, all students as equal to this teacher, and there has to be this uh, presupposition of equality in the classroom, because otherwise it's belittling and students get pissed off because they already have their own understanding of the world. They're just trying to work through things just as adults are, you know. As Barack Obama famously said when he left office, like, you know, people think the president knows what he's doing, they don't have a clue. It's the same with a teacher. People are just winging it all the time. That's how life works. But we kind of construct this false narrative to people that we know what we're doing. It's the same in this institution. Um, all institutions do it. It's just the, the nature of institutions to end up in the Peter principle, I suppose, you know, rising to the level of incompetence. Um, actually, related to that, because I called RBS Bank earlier, Royal Bank of Scotland, which is state-owned and... They are just having a nightmare of inundation with calls, it seems. And I tried to speak to a manager about a complaint because card activation is taking so long. And I just got left on hold for ages, not even on hold. I was just left in the dark and I was saying, hello, 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 hello. Because they thought I was a hacker or something. I don't, I don't know. There's 16 bloody pounds in the account and I'm just trying to 
buy a bottle of fucking coke in the vending machine in this psychiatric institution and it's taking weeks and weeks and weeks to get any money um, fortunately my mum sent me some and I was able to get some cash and let out but that cash has already been dispensed with because I had debts in here to pay um, so levels of analysis back to so the y-axis is what I mentioned earlier which is the mechanism for the physical change the physical position of the subject subject is better than um, El sujeto, they would say in Mexico, which is better than student. You know, there's never any perfect language, but it's students is shit term. Um, and so that's where students begin the class. Perhaps it doesn't have, depends how you want to approach things. Lying on the floor, um, seated, kneeling, sat on their chair, standing on their chair, standing on the desk. If you push it that far, as they might do at Summerhill, um, A.S. Neal's school, the, the radical anarchist school. Um, or students can be jumping around, dancing, etc. All of those can be utilized. Actually, in this curriculum, it's limited or restricted just to four because that is what um, I worked on in terms of managing the um, managing the curriculum interactions. And so IGCC Global Perspectives has four levels of analysis. Let's see if I can find it. It has the individual level of analysis, which is when students are lying down in their personal space. And so you have that personal level of analysis. Then you have the uh, community level of analysis, where students are sat, um, usually in a circle, perhaps, cross-legged. Um, then you have students sat on their chairs, which is the national level of analysis. So thinking about things from the national position, um, sort of from the UK's perspective or whatever, if you global politics. And then students standing on the chair is the global perspective. So they're actually looking down at the issue. So you begin the class with a concept or issue in the middle of the, in the, middle of the room, ideally driven by contemporary medium forms using a Android smart board. Um, so you play them a video. One of the best lessons I gave was Bucket List. And I just found the video on a whim, which is a song by the country singer Mitchell Tenpenny, Bucket List, a fantastic song. And I played that video to the students and then had them run the mechanism, the sit, lying, seat, lying, sitting cross-legged, sitting on a chair, standing on the chair. I ran that with the students and then they wrote their bucket list. And it was just a fantastically um, empowering lesson for students um and so you have that on the the y-axis then the 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 x-axis so students are constantly physically moving the classroom it's kind of yoga really in practice it's extremely hot in this building so there is absolutely no airflow they've just deliberately limited airflow and i've got a fan by my window pushing the air into the room that's they managed to, you know, somebody, somehow they managed to understand that we needed fans, but they're literally reducing oxygen supply in here. Thankfully, I'm pretty well established in the oxygen advantage and can take a breathing, so they can't deoxygenate me in here, which is what they're actually trying to do, I think. I don't know if the people behind this are aware of what they're doing, even. Like, I think it's just inevitability rather than intentionality. But if there is intentionality involved, it's super sophisticated torture. Um, 
and now the ward manager is still running scared and so I'm still waiting for my meeting. She said 3pm, it's now 3.35 because they're all rushing around wondering what they can do to censor me or limit something because they're all in trouble because they've committed fucking crimes against humanity and the Irish state is now aware of it as is the Mexican government arguably. Well, as is various governments, because the intelligence services have been following me for a while because of all this shit that I've been through. Now I'm going to change my clothes because I stink at this point. Because this place just makes you end up stinking all the time because it's, the airflow is non-existent. So back to the the x-axis. The x-axis, actually I've got the whole manifesto here. It's not a manifesto as such, it's just a, a design, uh, architecting, educating, I call it, or a new perspective. Uh, which relates to another theory I have, uh, which is post-Jungian, on rapid hierarchical traversal of the progenitor of the synchronosity rupture, which no one understands, but that's for another day. Um, so, yeah, I've got the full works here. Some of this is quite inspired by David Graeber's last book. Um, the late David Graeber, fantastic uh, anarchist who worked a lot on the, um, uh, was, you know, he's a genuine activist, but his last book, The New History of Humanity, A Dawn of Everything, um, Levels of Analysis, well it's also, the, 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 the curriculum also has concepts and skills as the sort of end goal, I mean that's alignment with the existing things and the concepts are but the concepts are too narrow. I mean, it's, it's trying to align things with both IB and Cambridge is pretty difficult, but it was possible. But we, I prefer to turn it into an entirely new curriculum. But you know, you have to be pragmatic. I mean, so the skills that you're expecting from students from this is analyzing, investigating, collaborating, and risk taking. And then the key key concepts, which this is for the whole school wide level, the key concepts. Are where have I put them? Sorry, this is pretty sporadic. It's pretty probably hard for people to follow, but I'll do another show on educating. It's just about this is what's in front of me right now whilst I'm waiting for this board manager to actually get a grip. Um, okay, anyway, let me just go back to it. So we've got levels of analysis as the y-axis of the physical classroom. The x-axis is the political spectrum left to right, so you give students a good introduction to that whilst they go through the levels of analysis, so you can see the political spectrum from an individual, um, a personal level of analysis, a community level of analysis, a national level of analysis, and a global level of analysis, and shift between left and right positions in terms of how they perceive things, and that's sort of obviously derived from how it, things were distributed in the French Parliament, which is where the political spectrum emerges from. And of course, many people would say the political spectrum is just a false dichotomy at this point anyway, and that's part of this deconstruction, construction process that has gone into this curriculum. Um, it's post-structuralist, really. Um, but then pre-structuralist, I guess. Um, the political spectrum, you've got left-wing and right-wing and then centrist and sort of really you just simplify these things and and people will dispute this and you know you could argue end, endlessly about it but on the left i put the left down as radical i put the center down as um 
the status quo and I put the right down as reactionary. And reactionary isn't necessarily a negative term. It's like, look, we've gone too fast. We've gone too far in time. Like we need to slow down. Like the conservative position holds a lot of value, particularly in relation to sort of phone use and things like this. I mean, I think there should be a phone amnesty at this point and we should just allow kids to go back to just having fun. And there's this picture that I found, which is, I don't know if it was Banksy or somebody else made it, but it's an ape that classic picture of the ape growing up to be a human, and then the, the, the man is turned into Trump pointing backwards. And this isn't even a criticism of Trump, it's actually an admiration of him in a sense. And actually I've drawn a love heart over his head because I think what he was doing in terms of sort of saying we need to look at ourselves and reflect on the fact that we're moving into this sort of reality TV type universe and it's horrible for people, it was a good point. Um, on the Z axis, which is, this is pretty controversial perhaps, or innovative, I would say, it's not even controversial, just innovative, is that the closer you are to the teacher, the greater the authority in the three dimensions of the physical classroom. And so at the back, I put the anarchist symbol basically, and I've wrote that down as libertarian. And then at the front is authoritarian with a boot standing on a man. And this isn't to say that either position is correct. This is, a, I mean, as, as I think everybody's realized on calling is that I'm a pluralist. Um, and the best school that I worked at was Manchester Grammar School, one of, in England anyway, that's the best school I worked at in England um, during my teacher training. Uh, because they're pluralists, you know, teachers do things a different way. People have different political perspectives and, you know, it's about consensus building. And that doesn't mean building consensus around the center necessarily because the center has been corrupted by finance really at this point, financial capitalism, um, which isn't even to say that it's capitalism. I mean, I've, I've historically been an, an anarcho-capitalist, to be honest, because I think Ron, Ron, Ron Paul was pretty, and I, uh, Aust Austrian, Austrian, Austrian economics is pretty convincing sometimes, and Murray Rothbard is a very good thinker. In fact, my undergraduate dissertation was all about understanding liberal conceptions of liberty and understanding whether the libertarians could claim that they were classically classical liberals or not. And the conclusion was that no, they can't, because John Stuart Mill and Locke both both their philosophies require public property in order to work. Um, and then the alternative of libertarianism is total privatization of property, which itself is a repugnant conclusion. So you have to have public space, but you also have to have strong property rights, which is basically the way Texas approaches things. Um, so yeah, you have then, so then you've got the three dimensional classroom and students can physically move around. So you might put human rights, or psychiatry, you could say, let's do that. Psychiatry as the concept in a psychology classroom, perhaps, um, or in a psychology lesson, and I'll get onto that later, but then students can explore psychiatry from the personal level, the, or not students, I mean people, subjects can explore the issue from, from the, from those different levels of analysis and then combine that in the, with the intersectionality of the political spectrum and the intersectionality of authorities. They might be stood at the, the, the back left-hand corner on a chair looking at the issue of the environment, say, from a global left-wing anarchist 
or the global left-wing libertarian position? What would they say? Or what would somebody in that position, once the students understand those positions, say in response to green concerns? For example, in the contemporary situation, they might be concerned about the fact that lithium production is extremely damaging to the environment and is not perhaps the best way forward in terms of um, sort of looking after things. Um, and lithium production, you know, is extremely damaging to the environment, is exploitative of Latin America and Africa and various other countries. It's a new resource war and it pollutes the environment excessively. Lithium, remember, is a hard metal that's used in psychiatry as an antipsychotic. And it's basically just a way for the rich who live in the cities and the financiers to de-pollute the cities whilst the poor just get pushed out to the outskirts, like a neo-Greek neo type situation where all the slaves live on the outskirts and the philosopher kings can sit around and talk whilst people suffer outside and the, then the Stoics are, you know, fighting back. Um, so that's that dynamics. And then this is really innovative. Within the classroom, you have social categories um, to explore. And now I was carrying around the box of this for a long time. And there's four pairs of glasses that you give to students. Actually, there's five because I added another one, um, which is the pair of glasses I had. They're all children's glasses, just small, cheap plastic glasses. You know, you buy them from a pound from a dollar store. You have age. And the age glasses are actually reading glasses, like old people's glasses. And I was using plus two diopters because it was funny to have students um, subjects. And I didn't actually ever do this with students. I didn't get around to it because I ended up fired from the school before it happened. Um, or I was forced to resign, I should say, because I didn't actually get fired. Um, the plus two, and I, I was forced to, it seemed to me because I was just being overly progressive and it was too challenging for students and parents. But it was plus two diopters, and so students would have a distorted vision whilst they put them on. So there was like, have a look at how you see the world from the perspective of age. And so then you have students wearing all these glasses in the classroom. They might be stood, maybe they're stood in the, the right bottom hand corner, which means they're looking at things from a personal level, from the right wing, authoritarian, and they're lying down. So they've got these age glasses on. So they're thinking from a right-wing authoritarian perspective and they might just be thinking about maybe they're thinking about education and maybe it's an old person they're just like look i just want to be left alone i just want an education system that makes the kids understand that these old people are in retirement and we just want to be left alone sort of thing you know, or whatever and then the other next pair of glasses which was gender and these are just love love heart glasses pink love heart glasses and that's None of these are to, uh, designed to stereotype anybody or, you know, homosexualize or anything. They're just, just glasses, you know, it's just, it's kind of a joke at the same time that shouldn't be taken too seriously. So you put on the glasses and then you look, explore things through the lens of gender. So students might be, let's say they're looking at things from a, from a community level of analysis in the center, which means they're sat in a circle cross-legged with these gender glasses on and maybe they're thinking about how do men see this, how do women see this, how do LGBTs see this and maybe they're looking at the issue of human rights and they're saying about the community level and how 
how gender plays out in the community level and like how discrimination plays out in relation to different groups of people who identify differently in terms of their gender. Then there's a pair of sort of aviators, which are for ethnicity, um, black aviators, um, which obviously look like the classic cop glasses, which is kind of a play on the racial persecution that blacks suffer from the United States, but then also the fact that black people often wear similar glasses to the police in the sense that there's like this co-co-co-option, is that the right word? Or yeah, like co-opting the term, like how the blacks took the term nigger, which was to mean slave and so forth, and then re re recapitulated it as a positive word sort of thing, which I think now needs to be put back into its place as a slave word because it's lost its value as a as a term in that sense. And I hate to use it, but it's a very powerful word. You know, and the more you know, Martin Luther King, you know, just sticks and stones and I break my bones, words will never hurt me. Freedom of speech is important and black people shouldn't get provoked by the word nigger as such. It should be a word that we can rally around in terms of it being in its historical use as being a term of oppression and that the blacks have to realize that the fight isn't just black against everybody else at all. We've, we've got a lot of oppressed groups, including people within the psychiatric system and everywhere, really, because it's a very oppressive world right now. Um, and then you have class, which is just a pair of like cycling glasses, kind of sports glasses, because those are the ones that I associated most with rich people. You know, the classic sort of like convertible, cheesy convertible owner that you put on the class glasses. So then you look at things from a rich perspective, middle class, poor, homeless, whatever. And then finally, I've been wearing these really quite hideous flower power glasses that I bought in Taiwan, Taiwan airport when I was there because I needed some and I was I don't know how I managed to get the money for those when I was there but I still had a little bit of money left for food and stuff when I was stuck in the airport and um, those are designed to be like green glasses it's like look at things from the perspective of like nature and nurture and stuff so like I mean the flower power glasses are like just look at things from a totally different perspective that isn't within one of these social category boxes, one of these sociological category boxes of, you know, age, gender, ethnicity, and class. I mean, I would say there personally, I think age is the most important category. And I think the history of class struggle is, is wrong. It's really the history of age struggles um, is, instead. And I, I'm very, I like, I'm a post-Marxist and like really enjoy re-articulating re Marx in the 21st century and my own company is called Intellectual English and I do classes on Instagram video and the, the moniker, the, the, sort of, the, the tagline of the company is language learners have only ever spoken about the world. The point is to change it. And so my classes are kind of, kind of psychoanalysis in a sense, or at least one of my patients not patients, I don't even want to use that term. One of my students, my, one of my, the people that I was talking to was this Mexican woman, and at the end, she, she just told me that it felt like therapy, and I, didn't, I wasn't doing it with the intention of it being therapy, but she found it therapeutic. So if anybody wants to try it as a model, then you're more than welcome, and you might find value in it. I don't know. Um, it, I find it therapeutic as a mechanism. Other people that have done it find it therapeutic, and so it might help people. Um, 
And now this is also very innovative, is that the box itself then, the classroom, becomes an academic discipline. And so you actually utilize the full physical spaces available to you in a school. And this is what they do in anarchist schools very effectively. Um, and so the physical classroom I would use, because I didn't fully get to realizing it, it kind of did, um, is for history lessons, because it's sit down at your desks, let's study the past kind of thing. Then psychology is studied in a relaxed space, like with couches and whatever, chilled space in the school, maybe in the library or whatever you've got available to you. Geography is studied outside in nature, um, sat around trees or whatever. And then economics is studied on the running track because economics is kind of a race in a sense. And that's not to say there's anything wrong with that approach to things. I mean, I'm, I'm not an anti-capitalist. I'm not even, not left-wing or right-wing. You know, it's, it's kind of what Rothbard was saying about unifying the right and the left. And that seems to be more than ever required. And I think around a libertarian agenda is the best a green libertarian agenda is the most unifying thing that we probably have right now. Um, that's why I've been saying in relation to the UK that I think the best option for the UK would be for Prince Harry to romanticise politics again and step in and dissolve Parliament and then run for Prime Minister or something. Um, because, you know, we all know the narrative, the narratives of kings and queens is much more romantic than the narrative of contemporary democratic politics. And we need some romance back in the life, back in back in our lives. Um, oh yeah, here finally, th these are the key concepts that are kind of the outcome, I suppose. But it's to say they're inputs and outputs at the same time, which is the same with skills. Um, but these are derived from the IB, PYP curriculum, and MYP. I synthesised all of them. Um, so any educational people out there and, and will understand this um, and so there is communicating or communication conflicting or conflict changing or change and community community or communitizing I'm a big fan of gerunds because I as I mentioned earlier I think it's all in the doing which is a very Alan Watts Buddhist position to take you can't try to do you have to just do Otherwise, you get trapped in ego. And the ego is a dangerous thing because we end up with projection. That's why we end up with interruptions and arguing all the bloody time when calling. And, you know, you have to joke about it because otherwise it just becomes too serious. And now this person is now 50 minutes late for the meeting, which is just appalling. I mean, they're just obviously trapped in a room discussing what the hell to do about this because they have been utterly exposed for serious crimes against humanity in a sense and now i'm not you know as philip larkin says they fuck you up your mum and dad and they don't mean to but they do they leave you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you trauma the reproduction of trauma is endless and even this system of curriculum will end up probably lead to something down the line whatever but i mean where does forgiveness begin forgiveness begins with the admission of guilt in my world if you don't admit guilt you can never face things yourself and so you know but i mean the, and then the admission of guilt doesn't have to be direct in a sense it should be i mean the mormons are big on this is 
to sort of go back to your victim and apologize and then, you know, repent through action. But I mean, my sin in my life was not helping people in the Mexico City earthquake. And so consequently, me and my friend who were, I think I've told this story before, who, you know, I, I don't want to go through it in too much detail, but we ended up just not doing anything and we parked his car near a social housing project that ended up collapsing sort of later after we had left and we just observed the crises we didn't do anything we didn't act because we were so trapped in our own fear strangely he strangely my friend didn't do anything because he was also in the 87 earthquake so he was older and i don't know we were just so fearful it was a very apocalyptic scenario and it was hard to know what to do. You, you kind of trust the experts to do things at that point because we had already fucked up in the school and not left, left the building right. We, you know, we all rushed out of the school and we should have stayed in the classrooms and kid almost, you know, could have died because of our, our lack of trust in the rules in a sense because most people in earthquakes die from falling objects and kids got hit by falling objects in that school because we didn't trust the owners and we should have had more faith in the owners because they were actually good people, although they were sort of rich, a rich family. Um, um, what else? I'm just gonna go see if I can find this meeting, put back on my smart clothes. Now that I've cooled down a bit and see if they're actually gonna give me this meeting. I certainly look like a missionary today, at least somebody said that. I am on a mission, and I'm happy to be a permanent guest, permanent visitor to the Church of Latter-day Saints. They're good people, and they understand family, and they are a, a very good voice, a very, I mean, very good listeners, you know, it's, people can't listen anymore, they're too trapped in the ego. I mean, all churches are good listeners most of the time, you know, apart from the corrupt ones. I mean, mosques, in mosques, people listen quite well, you know, as long as they're not radical clerics. The problem with the Mormons is the missionaries often seem to think that their job is conversion. And a good Mormon in, in the Plymouth ward that I was at sort of made the fair point that he said, he stood up and said, look, it's not the missionary's job to convert people, it's the church's job to convert people. We're here just to bring people along and sort of tell people about things. And I really admired him for saying that because that's really my view of what missionaries do. Missionaries are more like just documenters. I mean, they're, they're, they're not, I mean, they're just young people. They're not being tasked with the role of conversion. That's something that we project onto them. They're just there to have a chat and they're innocent people free from free from the suffering of of the world in a sense and so they're very good listeners and they 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 admire people that come to them and share their thoughts and ideas and just discuss and share a prayer now and again if you feel like it you don't have to i mean there's no obligation to not drink or smoke they're just trying to help people out and people get so scared of receiving help Let's see if I can get this meeting and 
If not, then I'll play a song and probably take a break because the cigarette break is coming back and we'll see what happens then. Um, let's throw on this beautiful track by Waylon Jennings, the famous country musician, um, which is called Outlaw Shit. <coughs> It'd be interesting to find out about the audio quality because this is just running from my mic to calling. I really wish there was a way to directly put audio into calling on high quality. I guess it would develop in time.
This was a classic that I played. Let's just read the lyrics again. For a price I do about anything except for the trigger. For that I'd need a pretty good cause. Then I heard of Dr. X, the psychiatrist, the man with the cure. Just watch the television. Yeah, you'll see there's something going on. Got no love for politicians or that crazy scene in EC. Just a power mad town. The time is right for changes. It's a growing feeling that taking a chance on a new kind of vision is due. I used to trust the media to tell me the truth, tell us the truth, but now I've seen the payoff. Everywhere I look, who do you trust when everyone's a crook? Revolution calling, revolution calling, revolution calling you. It's a revolution calling, revolution calling. Gotta make a change, gotta push, gotta push it on through. Well, I'm tired of all this bullshit they keep selling me on TV about the communist plan and all the shady creatures begging for my cash. Swiss bank accounts while giving their secretaries the slam. They're all in penthouse now, or Playboy magazine, million-dollar stories to tell. I guess Warhol wasn't wrong, fame 15 minutes long, everyone's using everybody, making the sale. I used to think that only America's way, way was right, but now the holy dollar rules everybody's lives. Gotta make a million, doesn't matter who dies. 
revolution calling, revolution calling, revolution calling you. There's a revolution calling, revolution calling. Got to make a change, got to push, got to push it on through. I used to trust the media to tell me the truth, tell us the truth. But now I've seen the payoff. Everywhere I look, losing trust in everyone to push. Revolution calling, revolution calling, revolution calling you. There's a revolution calling, revolution calling. Got to make a change, got to push, got to push it on through. Revolution calling, revolution calling, revolution calling you. There's a revolution calling, revolution calling. Got to make a change, got to push, got to push it on through. There's something going on, there's a revolution, there's a revolution, there's a revolution.
So I wrote on the board here, um, Gokang's Triangle, the famous theorist of conflict studies, um, who conceptualizes violence and kind of, to be honest, Zizek ripped this off in his book on violence, but it's this triadic sort of dimension which both Lacan and Freud get into too, but you've got direct violence, structural violence, cultural violence, and the intersectionality between those, and then in the middle, I put verbal expression and the question, what is justified in terms of verbal expression? Freedom of speech in times of peril. Surely swearing is justified in times of peril. And that's what the BBC have realised and said, fuck this. We can call Boris Johnson a cunt because he is, has been and always will be one, it seems, because he's just an exploitative asshole. And... Can we just come out in the open and say about these things? Because we all feel oppressed at this point, and they've managed with the political correctness narrative to shut people up so much with swearing that, as Martin Luther King said, and you know he famously, from what I understand, swore quite a lot, was that oppressed groups have a right to full freedom of speech, in a sense, as long as it's not stupid, as long as it's not freedom. Freedom doesn't mean license, as A.S. Neal says in... Uh, Summerhill, you know, like in a school, kids are free to do stuff, but you know, if they piss other people off too much and are shitty neighbors, then something has to be done about it, you know. And but our threshold for that, for, for what constitutes that relationship between freedom and license, has just shifted so much to political correctness that people are people, especially in English, especially in English spoken languages, speaking languages, because of the linearity of English sort of treat words as if they are physically violent and it leads to physical violence. It's like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's just, they're just words. They're not physical things. And in Latin languages, everyone knows this. I mean, Mexicans just swear relentlessly and Irish people swear relentlessly because they understand that the, there's ambiguity in language. And if there isn't ambiguity in language, well, then you're trapped in sort of just a nightmarish world that makes it impossible to deal with trauma. Um, you need romanticism in your life. And so you've got to have the romantic narrative and that's what we lack. And the romantic narrative has to be brought back to politics. You know, I don't know how that can happen in the United States as such, but you know, whatever. I don't want to get involved in politics. But, I mean, I feel here that Prince Harry's returning his own parliament would be interesting. This ward manager has still not arrived. She's now, one hour and 10 minutes late. And I'm running to 8% battery left over, so I'm going to go put my phone in charge. <clears throat>
it seems like this ward, she's not going to meet you today. They are just pissed off and try and fuck me over at night again, probably, and try and force medicate me. If that happens, then I'll be back on the fucking phone and reporting shit in real time. They better have good night staff on tonight because shit will go down otherwise. All right, I'm going to end this show here and put my phone on charge and then come back to you if the ward manager actually arrives. So this was a ward manager meeting with an invisible ward manager because they never turned up. That's the sort of shit that you suffer in here at the hands of the postmodern viewer. Thank you for joining, and I hope some other listeners, and hope this is spreading on calling. You know I'm a pluralist. I'm not pushing shit on people. I'm very Alan Watts-inspired spiritual person. I had a near-death experience three years ago, and I'm on some kind of fucking journey, and it's been a fucking nightmare and I don't even never wanted to engage in this I'm just trying to go back home to fucking Mexico and it's burdensome being in this fucking position um but it's also liberating and it brings me back to where I was when once upon a time I was an inspiring teenager really with big ideas about the world and had that spirit of the revolution calling me it's not to say we need a left-wing revolution or anything at this point the revolution is simply sort of a return to some kind of fucking basic reality that actually understands that the map is not the territory and that without territory we have no fucking map in the first place okay thanks a lot for joining people uh, um, i hope none of this gets taken down i mean i'm trying to be as sensitive and well-roundedly as possible and pluralistic and sympathizing to people but belittling people like the psychiatrist doing with this treatment is horrible and I am more and better educated than any of these fuckers, so they can fucking go to hell. And that's not saying to threaten them with violence either. That's just to say figuratively go to fucking hell, you know? Americans understand this. You guys don't give a fuck about swearing so much, except the word cunt is obviously massively and twat are massively, massively, or twat, you should say, massively, massively controversial to say cunt in the United States. But in the UK, it's quite common to get amongst friends, at least amongst people. Remember, as uh, uh, Joseph Smith said in Hong Forest sermon, it's always interesting to read the Church of Latter-day Saints backwards. In his final sermon, the King Forest sermon, he said that we are co-equal, co-intelligent with the divine. And we, which is the same as what Buddha says, we all have Buddha nature. We are all constantly denying our divinity with bullshit, pretty much. And remember Matthew 18, 18, which in swear words terms says, if you fuck up in this life, if you're a fuckhead in this life, then you'll be a fuckhead in the other life, in heaven. Like, don't be a dickhead. Just be a good person. And don't try to be a good person. Just be one and things will be better for everybody. Stop trying to fucking change the world or do shit. Just do shit and then figure it out. Because you think you'll re soon realize that once you do shit, things just figure themselves out. And that's not even normative advice as such. I mean, it's advice, I guess, but it's not, it's not trying to be normative or push. You should do this. You should do that on people. I'm not a fucking preacher or a teacher. I'm just a fucking human being trying to fucking get my life back together and just from escape from all this bullshit that's fucking built up around me. Thanks a lot for joining, guys. This is a psychiatric hospitalizing with... Me, the host, unchanged to change. It's kind of